Today on the program, we're going to talk about corruption, not just your regular corruption, like you see just about everywhere in the world these days, but political corruption. How does it affect us? Does it really affect everybody? And kind of get down to some of the philosophy of behind the things that are going on in, in Montgomery. Welcome into this week's edition of Alabama Unfiltered. I'm Scott Beeson. Amy Beth Shaver is here. Allison Sinclair, as usual. Ladies, how are y'all today? We're, we've been better. Y'all been better? Y'all struggling? Yeah. What's wrong? It's just one of the, I don't know. It's like like the earth has tilted off its axis it's today. It's the barometric pressure. Um, We're blaming or it it's the, the moon. I don't it's know if it's O's. a full moon. Who knows? It's, it's both of y'all are, y'all are, y'all are, it's just a weird y'all are day. Here. We're y'all here. spicy We're today. Glad, yeah. We're glad y'all are here. Not so. really sure you should be glad happen. I had coffee. You know, that's kind of keeping it together. Yeah. Right. Or maybe it's making it worse. Maybe it is. Are you How doing many cookies well? did you eat? I'm doing fine, actually. You yes, feel absolutely. normal? I've got a, I've got stuff I got to do later on today. Going to get that garden in and. Nice. You know, Very preparing you. for the, uh, you know. Food shortage? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I we, did. We may or may not have. I may or may not have ordered some food shortage. Boxes. Really? Do they have those cookies in them? No. Those cookies. I could just eat those. You know cookies. what? I'm willing well, to guard to cookie, cookie fix if the aliens come for us. <laughs> we'll Get in front of there. the building and I'm like, no. <laughs> Which set of aliens? The green ones or the ones from I South it America? Was zombies. The zombies. Oh, those are zombies. The zombies. Okay. The different mm-hmm. apocalypse. Yeah. So I will say, yeah. local my uh, Alabama, we hosted a prepper meeting last week. Really? And I missed it. Wait and I a minute. It. Wait a minute. I know where you're from. No. And. I'm so There's serious. There's a lot of prepping going on no, over there. No, I'm telling there. you, listen, a year ago, I would have laughed in my own face mm-hmm, mm-hmm, if I had mm-hmm, said mm-hmm, I was hosting mm-hmm, a prepper meeting. Mm-hmm. But when Biden and everybody starts talking about a food shortage, I'm like. What kind of prepping do they do okay, on the, uh, the, listen, south, it, the southern side of the mountains, shall we say? 75 people there. And <laughs> really? it has been like one of. Yes. I mean, it was. And it's posted. It's it's um, localalabama.org. And we're going to have like a whole page on our website dedicated to prepping material. I'm not kidding. I know you're not kidding. Look, I don't when know it's, if you've thought when it's through coming, this. When it's coming to that part of the state, then something serious is happening. I don't know where you think. We live in North Shelby County. We're not like. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I okay. know exactly. Okay. Listen, we are was a trying to be. There is wisdom. Like one right? person in says, Providence, I, it I talks have a about the ant. Consider the ant you sluggard. Okay. <laughs> uh, we're getting ready. We don't know what's coming. <laughs> I don't know. All I don't I'm ever like to not have food in my mm-hmm. house. You're going to be calling me when the zombies really? come out. Okay. You're going to be like. The zombies are? Yes. Okay. Allison, how do I save my. I mean, we learned how to make so, our own butter. Would you Y'all share? Because I love not. butter so much. Well, I mean, Y'all did milk. not. I mean, we didn't learn, but she was milk like, you and know. salt? Yeah, and then you just shake. Okay. All right, well, I'm going to make some butter. You want to use a churn? I, don't, I mean, I guess you can, but I mean, it was down to like talking about CB radios and ham radios. Oh, come and, like, on. Like how we're going to really? talk to you in Gardendale. And yeah, so the can, no. like the can stretch between us is not going to no, cut it? No, we need a, a bowfang. We, it's a, it's some sort of, bofang? I don't know. Is I'll that post lo- it in the show notes. Okay. Is that Louisiana? It's bofang. I don't know why they always <laughs> the said bofang it. Like, it's do? a bofang 425. <laughs> What's it going What is it? It's like a ham radio. Awesome. Okay. Oh, okay. disclaimer. Don't use a ham radio unless you have your license. Apparently the FCC will come they after you. They frown upon that? Yeah. And they probably what will. They when everything hits the fan, they're still going to be there arresting you like, for what misuse are they gonna, of a... That's right. We may not have any food, but they're going to arrest you and throw your rear end in jail. For using the bofang. The bofang. 
You laugh. I really want to. I really want to hear no, it. I'm gonna so you're going to have butter and a radio. <laughs> and cookie fix. <laughs> you know what the radio is for? Does anybody want to trade some butter? We've got butter. Does anybody have anything other than butter? What's wrong with this thing? We didn't get any batteries. And you also need a dehydrator. Oh, we talked about batteries. How are you going to have power? For your dehydrator. Oh, generators. We we went oh. through generators and different types of inverters. Because you can get fuel by just crawling under all the abandoned cars. Solar. Jim. Yeah. I'm, I'm, it was clearly I'm, a south of the mountain prepper meeting. We're going to we have were both about you know Because <laughs> your butter. side of the mountain is already prepared. And we are. Because we don't so, have anything. <laughs> well, when she started talking about um, be sure and print out your beef stroganoff recipe, I was like, <laughs> Okay. I'm thinking beans and hey, no, rice. Hey, look, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be fair because my side of the mountain is like, well, we'll just kill we'll just kill a deer. I'm like, you didn't kill any deer in the last five years. How are you gonna find this deer? Some of them. Here's how I'm gonna kill things. I'm gonna run over squirrels with your car. <laughs> with my car. That, that'll be when there'll be no squirrels on the road. They're all. And then I'm gonna get frogs, boil them. Uh, now I won't do that. I love frogs. I'm sorry to oh. all the frog lovers out there. I don't even know how we're going to transition into our topic for today. You know what? Because we're going to have to do this because of... Corruption. (laughs) (laughs) It's like he's done this before. (laughs) Okay. That was good. Yeah. That was good. Corruption corruption is our topic. It is. Political corruption, corruption in general, what's wrong with people. Corruption in general. The Alabama version of corruption. Do we have the record for the most governors who've been yes. found guilty or kicked out or Apparently, both? let me look at my handy-dandy notes because it's more fun to have them in person. Um, yes, I believe that that is true, that we have the most governors in jail. Or is it Chicago or is it Illinois? Not Chicago. New York. That's they don't, city. They don't send <laughs> their, they don't city. New York, they did not send theirs to jail. They so just, like, we do, but one of the studies that we read that, Allison found, which is so good, is that they polled journalists from across the country. And this was back in 2017 when they were semi-reliable. And then they had pulled them. So they went to the old Birmingham News and asked them? Well, they went across the country, though. And they did this again in in 2014 and 2017. And so Mm -hmm. they were polling who they thought were, you know, what states were most corrupt. Louisiana is usually up there. Now um, we're up there as well. Right. Um, And then they did base it on who had gone to jail, who had been prosecuted, um, we, we do not have a winning record. We win at football. We lose in politics in Alabama. Don't you think? So in this Yellowhammer news, again, this was from um, a 2017 study, but it says that this Illinois State University Institute for Corruption Studies, who knew, mm-hmm. ranks Alabama as the most corrupt state in the union for 2017 when it comes to what researchers call legal corruption. Um. <laughs> That would be the whole, it's not immoral. It might be unethical, but it's, it's not immoral. Is that kind of thing? It's not, not against the law. Right. Yeah, I'm defrauding grandmothers, but it's not against the law. It's okay. Right. Okay, so we okay. were we were top it. in legal corruption. Okay. Um, and then when it comes to illegal corruption, we were number two behind Kentucky. Yes. I mean, Winning. It's you just, can't be number one at everything, I guess. I, I know. Well, Nope, we're fifty second in math, so we're covering the Still gamut. Like that. We really I love are. it every time we have to say we're fifty second out of all the states, and people oh. are like, "How many states are there?" Yeah, right. We're behind DC and Puerto Rico. It's bad. It's very bad. So, so this whole—I mean, I guess 
after I visited Montgomery last week and, and, you know, I did a semester, um, with the Tennessee legislature when I was in college, I took a semester off and went and worked for two representatives because I thought I wanted to go into politics and maybe run for office and, um, learned a lot, but I left there going, I don't have the energy for that. Like everything is so, and I've always said manipulative. I'm not sure that's the right Mm -hmm. word. I I guess I'll go with strategic. Or managed. 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 Every move, you have to be so 10 steps ahead of everybody. And it's, in some ways, it's kind of fun. It's like a chess checkers match. Mm -hmm. In other ways, it's not a way to live. And it is exhausting. And I saw, you know, you get there. And you come in and you're so idealistic. Like you think, oh, I'm going to be, and I'm talking about like the representatives and the senators, I'm going to be different and, and I'm going to keep my morals. And then you're, you finally, like, it doesn't take long for you to start going, well, everybody else is doing it. And then it's just like you get sucked into this bubble and all of a sudden things that you swore you'd never do, mm-hmm. you're doing because you're surrounded with it day in and day out and everybody's justifying it. And maybe it is more of the legal corruption, Mm -hmm. the things that are maybe not illegal, but are unsavory. Right. Um, And so it it made me think. So you saw that in the Tennessee legislature years ago. Yeah. This is like in 1999, 2000. And um, I left there and was like, I'm tapping out of politics. I'm done. Of course, here I am right in the middle of it again. Right. Um, But so it made me start thinking, and then I went to Montgomery last week and spent some time in the state house. And you just, it's a feeling, you know, you just kind of, you can feel the corruption. I don't even know how else to describe it. It feels slimy. There's a, there's an ickiness. Is icky a real word? Yeah, there's it, an yeah. ickiness. There's a, it is there's today. A, there's a shadowy, dark ickiness. Mm-hmm. And you just walk down the hall and everybody's whispering and everybody's in their slick suits and their perfect hair. And, and, and you just know shady things are happening. Okay, so I leave there, and as gross as it is, I'm like, but if good people don't get involved, it mm-hmm. never changes. So here's my question. Corruption's everywhere. It's the human condition of the heart. You know, sin from the beginning of time. This is nothing new. But number one, why is politics especially corrupt, it seems? And number two, do you think that politicians, elected officials, do you think most go into office with good intentions and it's just kind of the fallout of living in that world? Or do you think they kind of know they're going to screw us all over and they're there for their own personal gain? Or maybe it's a mixture of both. Mm. Um, So I don't know who wants to take that, but like, why do you think politics and the corruption there is so bad? Why is Alabama number one? I think Alabama's number one because we as a people don't pay a lot of attention. So true. Um, and also, I think we get ranked number one because places like some college in Illinois is doing. I'm like, Chicago is right on your doorstep, and you're going to say Alabama's worse, which that's kind of the way they, they always do. But but I think you said a really good thing. The corruption is everywhere. Right. And I do think Alabama, remember when they were always wanting to rewrite the Alabama Constitution? Yes. And they're like, oh, it was modeled for this one little small group of people, and it's all racist. But Well, Part of that was accurate in that it was modeled for, quote unquote, the elites, or I call them the good old boys. Mm-hmm. And the good old boys are still there because the good old boys, their families, their friends, that network is always using the state, manipulating or managing the power of government to make sure they have a fair advantage. 
that you know the tax the tax system works for them or economic incentives work for them or somebody has some property that they need to sell or or want to sell to a big company and the big company doesn't want it and they're like hey why doesn't why don't we get the the state to incentivize them mm-hmm. so I can sell this for five times more than it's worth to this company and the right. company will only give me four times more than it's worth but the state will come in and make up the difference and we'll all claim we're creating jobs Mm. those kinds of things. So I think it's just there for the taking in the state where people don't pay attention. And then it has kind of been the culture for decades and decades that if you can get it done, it's okay. Cause it's not illegal. I remember when I was mm. first elected, I was at a luncheon and I was complaining about some policy. I think Siegelman was the governor when I was first elected to the house. And this guy who's sitting beside me, who was a lobbyist, he's like, you just, you don't, you don't understand. And I'm like, what do, you, what do you mean I don't understand? This is just a bad policy. You just don't understand. When your side wins, it is your job to reward those people who got you in office. And I'm like, well, well, I understand if, you know, I've got this project. He, he's talking about lobbyists. like you. He's rewarding lobbyists or, right. or donors or right. whoever. And I said, look, I understand completely. If, I, if there's a project and my friend has the same bid – as my enemy, and everything is even, I'm like, I want my friend to get it. But if my friend is twice as much as my enemy and the taxpayers are going to, you know, take it on the chin, that is immoral. It is wrong for me to give extra things to my friends just because they're there. They ought to at least be in the ballpark. This is so interesting. And he's told me I did not get it, which meant, which told me immediately that is the culture that we're dealing with. Well, you know, it's exact. You're, you, the quote in the article says that um, one oh, time George Wallace that. was asked by a reporter, same brain, mm-hmm. I love it. it. It may be a weird day, but Scary. same brain. Told, uh, it was asked by a reporter about giving road contracts to his friends. And um, Steve Flowers said that Wallace told him, Who in the heck do you think I should give them to? My enemies? Right. And I think you're exactly right. You're living with this culture of, Of course, I'm going to reward my friends. They helped me get elected. Right. Um, but I think to your point, I think it's both because I ran for office and ran with several people who did get elected and they start out really well. Mm-hmm. But I do think the environment can contribute to somebody thinking this is the best job I've ever had. I have more access to money and power. How in the world are all these people specifically that we send you know, to the U.S. House um, or Senate? How do they enrich themselves? Like we know what their salary is. It doesn't change that much. Right. But they grow rich and they're buying houses. Like what in the world is that? And I think that that environment, you're you in a bubble mm-hmm. and you think everybody's in the bubble and everybody thinks mm-hmm. this way. And who cares if I give it to my friends? They're mm-hmm. not going to see it and everybody's happy. Right. Um, you know, but I, I think it's both. I think they start out well, but then I do think based on something we'll talk about in a minute that there are people who see that as gain and they do go after it for gain, and they do know exactly what they're going to do, and they are conniving from the jump. They just are smooth enough to make you think that they actually care. Yeah, in my experience, there are at least uh, one or two people I can think of who had a similar experience to what you had, where they were involved enough to know, or they worked for somebody, and they kind of knew the system, they learned the system, and then they said, that's what I want to do. Because... I'm going to get ahead. Yeah. 
And so instead of having that kind of revulsion that says, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm avoiding this, this is nasty, this that. is dirty, yeah. I think they strategically say, I can be that person. And if you watch them, you're like, oh, you're always making a move, smoozing the right person at the right time to get that next little spot. And then maybe eventually they become, I don't know what the, you know, not necessarily even an office holder, maybe a lobbyist or right. get a big gig at some huge corporation because of what they have done in the past. And um, they, it's a strategy. It's scary when you think about, for me, I think politics is especially corrupt because what we just talked about before the show started, you know, you have a, corruptions everywhere. It's in every business. It's in every heart. But with with elected officials, not only do you have lots of money flowing around you, mm -hmm. you have lots of power mm -hmm. and you have lots of influence. I mean, if you think about it, there are what? Four, 536 people in the U.S., you know, 435 in the House, 100 in the Senate. Then you've got the president. 550 people that make decisions for the entire country. Mm -hmm. I mean, that is, well, Supreme Court. Okay. I mean, that's... It's tremendous power. It's tremendous right. power. And so when you're making these decisions, and this is what makes it especially evil, in my opinion, is is it's you're not making you're not being corrupt in like a business deal that doesn't touch other people's lives you're being corrupt in a place where you are elected to represent the people mm -hmm. and usually it's the people that get the shaft right. when this corruption comes in and to me that's particularly evil and wrong mm -hmm. and frightening and so um it's just a unique position that our elected officials are in and I don't know how you stop it I don't know what changes, but something's got to give because if you, this other article, um, the birminghamwatch.org, this is from 2017. In the past 25 years, three governors have faced criminal charges during or soon after their terms of office. And a speaker of the house was forced out after convictions on a dozen ethics violations. Mm -hmm. If you look back through our list of governors and I'm from Tennessee, so I, I don't remember all the history, but back to George Wash, Wa Washington, mm -hmm. him too, him too, yeah. um, Wallace, <laughs> right. I mean, you just go through and it's just like scandal after scandal after scandal. You've got Bentley, Siegelman, Hubbard. Um, I mean, John Merrill, like there is just all these things that in the past 25 years that really cloud and ha and hang this dark cloud over the state of Alabama. Um, well, you, sp you, you brought up one of the, the Speaker of the House who I think is, is still serving time in mm -hmm. prison right now. Um, I found it interesting at one time, part of his defense was, I'm not doing anything that other speakers didn't do. Right. Which, you know what the sad thing is? I think he was telling the truth. Yeah. Yeah. It might have been the only time he was telling the truth. Well, yeah. And it, and it might have been that. I'm like, well, we can't yeah. help that. It's still right. illegal. <laughs> right. But but think about it. There was selective prosecution, too. Right. And, I mean, I understand that. But but the corruption really uh, runs deep. One of the things you said, Amy Beth, was these people start out with very good intentions. And I think that happens a lot. And some of these people are, are not, they're not really corrupt, um, but they love holding the office. Yes. They love being the honorable so-and-so. And that must be incredibly addictive because some of these people, I'm like, you vote terrible. You don't represent your people. You're not even get. you're not getting rich. Explain to me why this is so bad, but they love holding that office because people treat them special. Mm-hmm. And they, they act like they're wonderful. And, and it's just, it's kind of the perks. They're not that great. 
Right. But they love that. And I guess that's just a weakness of human nature. Because as soon as you're elected, people start saying, oh, you're so smart. And they, and they make, them, make them think, no one has been as good at this office as, as you are. You're the smartest person. Oh, I'm so glad that other person's gone. And you're just great. And you're just wonderful. And, and really, I think the smoothing has an impact on some of them. And then they, and then they will do anything to stay in power. Mm-hmm. And usually the special interest groups are right there to go, oh, we got a little check here to uh, help your campaign. And normal people don't get involved in campaigns. That is one of the other things yeah. I have have an issue with uh, um, regular folks when we all complain about politics. We don't really get involved. We don't help people. You know how hard it was to raise money when, oh, you're, when you're running for office if you're not the chosen one oh, from terrible. Montgomery. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I think as Republicans or conservatives um, – you know, we generally, you generally are giving to your church or to different right. charity organizations. And, and for so long, we just thought, okay, we'll circle in the R bubble and we'll be good. And now we know that's not true. So I do think that's changing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, when you're talking about you get addicted to that power and that praise. Okay. So there's so many legislators like yourself. Um, Phil Williams is one. Like, why do y'all leave? Why did you get out? No, I felt led to leave. Okay. I mean, you know how everybody's always, you know, got, the Lord led me to run for office. He led me to run for office, and he also led me, said, hey, you've, you've been there long enough. Okay. And I'm like, okay, great. I was, I was kind of like, why? I, th- I think I'm doing good work and all that, those sorts yeah. of things. But, um, and, and we all went to a function in Montgomery uh, just recently. And Montgomery just, I, I have the feeling about Montgomery that you have about Washington, D.C. I just is like, I'm just like, ugh, I just... And I can remember when I was young going, thinking, this is going to be awesome. We're going to change the world. We're going to make Alabama be number one. We're going to fix education. We're going to fix this. We're going to fix that. We're going to be we're going to be free. We're going to cut out the corruption. We're going to do all these things. And then, so we fought the fight, fought the fight, fought the fight. Then Republicans took over, and I thought, now we're going to do it. And by the end of that four years, I realized, we're not going to do it either. Right. It's, it, was I, it worse? I, I kind of think it is worse yeah. now because I, I, th- I talked to somebody a couple of weeks ago that was in the Senate as a Democrat, and we just kind of happened to cross paths, and he was telling me he was going to meet with some of the other guys that used to be Democrats. And I said, um, well, I mean, I guess I should have been nicer to some of y'all because all the things I used to spend all my time killing when y'all had them, my Republican brethren have passed worse versions now of what y'all tried to do 10 years ago. Right. Mm-hmm. He thought that was the funniest thing he had heard in a while, but it's, it's kind of true. Yeah. Is it not? Or they're trying to pass worse versions right. Right. of some of these things. I mean, what if all the things we used to fight against higher taxes, our governor led the charge and the legislature did it with super majorities. I mean, yes, they've passed some pro-life bills, which seem to be where they're hanging their hat. But as far as the government being smaller, mm-hmm fiscal responsibility, those sorts of things, where is it? And I think it's it's lazy leadership, too, um, because you use the pro-life and you use that to say, see, I'm conservative. Right. And then behind the scenes, you are taking money in your little lockbox or you're getting little checks and you're getting the perks and the mm-hmm. benefits. Um, but I, I, I'm amazed, though, on the flip side of trying to explain to people just how corrupt it is. People mm-hmm. do not want to believe that their elected official would do them wrong. 
And so that's part of the battle as well. And I also think there's zero accountability for them. You know, I mean, can you imagine if we had some sort of accountability? Like if people said, I'm not just going to support your campaign. I'm not just going to help read the bills with you, but I'm also going to be the one to say, why did you do that? Right. And have, you know, well, like pastors do people to whom he is accountable. What if we started doing that as well? What if we took it one step further and really called them on it um, to the point that they couldn't blame and shame and shift everything off on someone else or everybody did it. So that's right, why right. I did it. Right. You know, I just got caught. I mean, mm. you know, that's what we're hearing so, from them. Right. And so maybe, maybe one of the questions is when, when people are listening to us, this podcast today or watching, and I think it, it goes in line with your legal, legal corruption, not legal Yeah, is, is that, when we're saying corrupt, it's not necessarily things that are going to send you to prison. Right. It is not doing the things that are best for the state. And we can have debates about what is best and what's not best. But if if someone, if a House member or senator is voting for this piece of legislation because a lobbyist told them to. Right. In, in my world or in my mind or my, my dictionary, that's corrupt. If it is not benefiting the people of the state in general, we could do a... You know, just freeze and not do lobbyists. I'll give you a great example. Um, when we took over in 2010, the lobbyists really, really had a hard time because they came in. They thought we're gonna we're just gonna keep doing it like we've always done it. Oh, by the way, Senator, you need to do this and you need to do that. And for that first year or so, we did a really good job of making sure that our guys said, "No, we were elected, and we're gonna do what we told the people we're gonna do." Mm-hmm. When after the gas tax passed, okay, I have a gas tax, mm-hmm. a Republican gas tax at the start of this quadrennium. One of my friends, who's a former legislator, said that he actually, he told me the lobbyist, the whole nine yards, heard this lobbyist say to other lobbyists, well, and they were excited. And you know, all the lobbyists were on the same page. So basically, now we're officially back in charge. Oh, my we are officially back in charge. The lobbyists are in charge again. You know, that was a private conversation, but still, that's how they see it. That's how they feel. So we elect people who tell us they're fighting for us, tell us all the right things. They're pro-life, they're pro-Second Amendment, they're smaller gun, they're lower taxes. And the lobbyists are laughing at them by saying, no, we're in charge. We're the special interest. Y'all do what we tell you. And that's what I mean by corrupt. Right. So, the, and this is, this came up in a discussion in local in the signal chat the other day. And I just threw it out there. I was like, because lobbyists inherently aren't necessarily bad or evil. No, no, it's like, just like money. Eagle Forum does, does a ton of good right. lobbying for issues mm-hmm. for the unborn, for school choice and things like that. But but what if what if we either, as our, our legislators decided, I'm just not going to take meetings with the lobbyists. I'm just right. going to listen to my constituents, wow. you know, just well, lock them. Wait, uh, wait, 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 wait. Yeah, okay, okay, okay. okay. Because I want to listen, I want to hear it. So you know, or what if we just banned lobbyists in general? Right. Like, just you cannot go in the state house. Just get rid of that mm-hmm. whole thing because what's happening, and and it stinks that we we would have to give the we would have to step up to support financially the legislators in their campaigning because that's right. what they're doing. They're taking money to support their campaigns for their reelection bid, and it's really hard to turn down that. Fifty thousand oh, dollars from the really, BCA. It really is. 
um, when your constituents really aren't even giving you much at all. But like, why can we not just not listen to them? Why can we not just get rid of lobbyists? Mm. Is that the, the not listening make, make is makes the most sense because like okay. you were you were saying there there are some very good pro family pro conservative groups right. that lobby. All lobbying is is we three went down there and said you know we really need to um, you know we need to figure out if we can get more people to listen to podcasts. I don't know. Can we just do a public service announcement? It won't cost much at all. I'm not saying that's a great policy. Yeah, I'm just saying so we would technically be, be lobbyists. Lobbyist. So then you got to start worrying about, okay, well, who is really a lobbyist? Mm. Is the lobbyist for Eagle Forum? Is the lobbyist for the Alabama Policy Institute? Or do they count as lobbyists? Or are they the people working for the issues we want? Therefore, they're not evil lobbyists. The lobbyists are only the people that work on the other side. Well, maybe we take away the monetary part. Like, like you don't accept money. Okay, listen to the AEA. But if mm-hmm. you're not lying in your pockets mm-hmm. with their money... Maybe you listen like their constituents instead of giving them this whole audience all the time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, because to me, I look at the BCA and the AEA right now are kind of our public enemies, number one. That's right. They're fighting against like the BCA is the one that killed the CRT divisive concepts bill. And they were um, huge in protecting Common Core. Yes. Years ago. Absolutely. No matter no matter which group no matter which individual is running that association, the 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 association still has this penchant for big government indoctrination. But you also gotta remember some of those associations, especially that one, they just want good little workers. Well, They're the first ones to say, Well, we just need to train people to work. And this is work why ready. they killed the CRT bill, because they're afraid it will kill businesses coming to Alabama. You know, if if oh, yeah. Alabama, it's, all, it's always about uh, it's perception. not about it's not about saving our kids mm-hmm. and society. Yeah. It's all what's best for them and the workers and the workforce. And it's that's where and they have so much money at their disposal. And you look mm-hmm. at like the gambling and marijuana industries. Oh, once they word. get here, we can't compete with we're that. In, I mean, we're trouble. barely holding on now, right. but they have like just war chests full of millions. So, I, I think one of the answers is because we, we tried when we did ethics reform to figure out uh, how do you run all that down? Can we just stamp it all out? And it all sounds good. But the responsibility is still back on legislators. I can remember one time me and my friends um, went somewhere to eat. Yes, with a lobbyist. And the lobbyist is like, to me and my friend Scott, y'all, I, said, I don't really know why I even take y'all out to eat. Y'all, I take y'all out to eat and y'all don't ever vote with me. Is that where you said I vote with you and you're right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, and but the point is, I'm okay with someone saying, "Hey, look, this is how it affects our industry. This is this is what we're asking for." It, just like your children, your children are going to ask for every candy bar, every toy, every now, all those things, and sometimes you're going to get them a toy, right? But sometimes you're going to say, "You know what? No, you don't need that. You don't need another candy bar. You don't." And that's my problem with the legislature is you do need to have some of those resources because they don't have staff, but you don't have to be with them all the time. You don't have to vote wrong. You can be with them when they're right. And and they do respect someone who says, who asks them questions. They they make fun of people that they that they just tell them what to do. You're going to be a, a yes on uh, House Bill 448. Oh, okay. And the person's like, okay, yes, yes, yeah. yes, sir, I got it. What was that, 448? No idea what it's in it, and they literally make fun of them 
but not to their face. Right. To their face, like, oh, you're the smartest guy. Oh, you're really good for business. Oh, we'll be there. We're, we'll be there for you. You're a friend. Did we mention that you're probably going to get the legislator a year of the year award from us? Oh. Those kinds of Please. things. So the responsibility is on the elected officials. The question is, how do we, how do we hold them accountable? Because for years, we as Alabamians, until these kinds of things have started, we don't know what they're doing. No. And they, they need to be able to answer the questions. And that's what I think one of the real strengths is, is as Alabamians get more up to speed and they say, hey, what was in that bill, 538 or whatever? That's right. Why did you vote for that? Because that, that doesn't help us. You, you really just wanted to help them? Right. Why? Oh, here's the contribution. That must be why. That starts to really bring some heat to I people. I think that's really the only option at this point is watchmen on the wall and mm-hmm. that concept of people that are in local, which has over a thousand members, that there would be a dedicated group of people that would say during the legislative sessions, we are going to trade off going to Montgomery and we are going to read the bills and we are going to be in your face about, and not rude, Mm-mm. but we are going to stay on you. Right. Um, like a good defensive tackle. We're not going to let this go. And then we're going to write about it and we're going to blast it out so that you know exactly what's going right. on. Right. Did you like my football reference? Yes, I did. Um, that, that we want you to know that we see you and we are watching you and we're watching what you do and we're not going to let this go. And oh, by the way, lobbyists, we're watching you as well because that also is going to involve becoming acquainted. I don't know necessarily friends because you're right. Not right. all of them are bad. But the problem is, you know, we talked about it in pre-show, is the cowardice and the love for power. And that makes a very terrible person um, that may not have started out that way, but they've ended up that way. But I really think that we have to double and triple the efforts that we're putting into going to Montgomery and going to their office when they're not in session and letting them know, like you just said, what? why did you vote that way? And did you also get the check for $151,000 from the right. AEA? Right. Or was that just your, like, sweet mate? Like, who, explain that to me. Right, right. And you may even need to have your iPhone. And we may need to begin to record exactly what they say when they say it. Because they are, through the lobbyist, they are humiliating us um, because they are making fun of us. That's so low character. Well, they're not afraid that they're going to lose. They're not they're, afraid, they're not afraid at all. we're going to be able to do and anything about it. the only language they speak is shame. Mm-hmm. That's the only language they speak. Mm-hmm. And so if we do what the Bible says and bring those secret sins into the light, oh my word, then everything scatters. And so I think that might be a concept that we need to really examine because they do have uncontrolled power and they do have mm-hmm. a lot of money. And who is going to turn that down? I'll give you an example. Um, when the Tea Party was big. The Alabama legislature did the right thing on uh, smaller government, those kinds of things. They didn't do great, but really were doing some of those things because they literally thought the people of the state were going to turn them out if they didn't do it. And then as time progressed, we went through an election, maybe one election, and they realized, hey, there's no there there anymore. Right. And then the lobbyists are like, see, there's nothing to worry about. We, We got you. They, those people aren't going to have any money. We got you. We're good. We're good. And then it just kind of eases back into, and, and the honest truth is the people who are down there trying to be conservative, they end up with primary opponents. That and The primary opponent is very, very well funded. And the people who go along to get along end up unopposed. 
So it's just easier. It's like, I mean, there's one legislator that I'm thinking of that is, I don't know if I should say his name, but um, I mean, you are punished in Montgomery for doing mm-hmm. the right thing. And mm-hmm. and I, when he first got elected, he voted no to the gas tax and basically has been, came from the governor's office. He just got shut out. Right. Well, see, and here's the, here's um, the problem. Uh, the, the other thing, I know I'm club. talking way too much, but. Well, this is your area of expertise. You probably could tell us lots of stories. One, some of them might get me in trouble. But, <laughs> but what is missing is they don't have enough people. So when we were in the minority, we kind of had to learn how to fight and we had to mm-hmm. stick together. And so you had these little groups of guys and girls and, and you were fighting. And then when we took over as Republicans, um, the speaker and the pro tem both kind of changed the dynamics, the money for who gets what and all that kind of stuff stopped going directly to legislators. It started being filtered through the leadership. So it went, goes from the lobbyist through the leadership to the people who's being a good, you know, who's a good minion and who is not. But we still had that mindset where if the governor had the nerve, I don't care who it was to tell one of our guys or our girls, Hey, you're going to be punished if you didn't vote for this tax. It, it is on at that point. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things that's missing now. There's no yeah. group of guys and girls who are like, you're not going to punish her yeah. for not voting for a tax. No, they totally abandoned him. You yes. know, I mean, everybody, he was just like a reject. Right. And, prob- and probably our best legislator. Which I mean, means <laughs> which means that there are even fewer people that are there to, to stand together. Yeah. And I, actually, I think in the House, well, I guess the numbers are probably about the same in the house and the Senate. And it's just, it's just different. Yeah. It's no, go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, you go. So here's the question (laughs) and here's a word. Here's a new word that I found today. I don't Mm -hmm. know if you heard it on one of the podcasts, a son of Belial from the Bible. Yes. Son of worthlessness. That's what we've got a lot of in Montgomery, Mm -hmm. worthless people. And that's not really what we want to be called anymore. It's almost like we need to give them a psychological warfare training before they Mm. go down to Montgomery. I mean, seriously, learning how to think, because as soon as they come at you, you fold like a paper napkin, kind of like people did in COVID, where these people are like, oh, I'm so strong and I'm going to go represent you. And then they shut the state down. And what do they do? They they ran like they talked about in the session yesterday. Mm -hmm. They ran like, what? Are you kidding me? Mm -hmm. You just ran? Um, But Mm. I'm wondering, I'm just sitting here listening to us talking. I'm thinking... Could we bring a psychologist in to train them so that they would be able to go, um, no, a hard pass for me. Well, what about this? What, what exactly is their philosophy? They don't have one, I no, don't, which is why well, they agree with everything right. in fold. Well, and then you wonder, you're like, well, why did you run as a conservative? Right. Because do, that's the only do, way you win Do now. you really have a philosophy? They don't what mean do it. you think about the Second Amendment? Do you, I mean, do you really think? I mean, you've heard them all the time. I think the Second Amendment is because you have a God-given right to hunt. I'm right. like. <laughs> Have you read your I mean, you, got the, you got the God-given part, <laughs> yeah. right? But to hunt, uh, yeah, or prote- to protect your house, or you know, they they really just don't know. And so, if you're sending men and women down there that don't have a philosophy, they don't really believe anything. Mm-hmm. It's no wonder they go. But I have to take it back direction. a step further because it's easy to lay the blame on the legislators and other people. It's really on we the people. Yes, it is. Who do not get involved. We do not hold them accountable. We elect, we, we are lazy voters. We send people that, Mm -hmm. you know, Christian conservative, you know, all over their billboards. And then you watch their votes and you hear them on the floor and you hear the back, 
channel backhaul talk right. and you're like, they're anything but. Right. So, so it's okay that they lie. I mean, it's okay for us to get fooled. They, they lied to us. Right. Because so we voted for the right things. We voted for Christian conservative, smaller government, pro-life, free market. But you can't vote on the headlines. And, and no, I agree. But we think we're elected. You said it earlier. Um, we kind of don't pay attention because it's a Republicans, Republican right. supermajority. Oh, they'll do the right thing. It's we're Republicans. We're a red, we're a red red state when they're not. So we're we're not keeping up with what they're actually doing. Right. And we surely don't punish them because we almost never turn out an incumbent. So they go vote wrong for years, and then we just keep sending them back? Yeah, pretty much. So the question we talked about before the show also is, what about this whole concept? Dietrich Bonhoeffer is the first person that I heard about discuss this, is the theory of stupidity. <laughs> and, you know, and it's, it's hilarious to consider. And then there's an Italian economist and philosopher who also, and I just— bought his book. So it'll be here tomorrow. Um, has four, the, the theory of stupidity and he breaks it down into four categories. And I'm wondering, and I'm going to ask you what you think, where you think some of our elected officials, and it can be state, it can be national where they fit in. Because as we're talking about people and they're folding and like, what's mm -hmm. their philosophy? Are they stupid? And so the definition, he gave four options of people one, on one side, if you're looking at this pretend we're graphing on the line, <laughs> positive and negative, um, helpless people and opposite of helpless people are intelligent people. Okay. Beneath helpless people and helpless meaning naive, go along to get along, but right. helpless. Okay. All right. You drop them in New York City and they would not know what to do. Right. They just don't know what's going on. They they're, don't know what's naive. going on. Okay. I never been nowhere. I came right. out of a rock. Right. Underneath that, though, you have stupid people. Okay. All right. Or you have bandits. And so when you're talking about stupid people, they continually amass losses to themselves. Not only do they hurt themselves, then they also turn and hurt other people. They get no gain, even though they look like they're doing something. If right. you examine their life, you're like, you continually make terrible choices. Okay. So or it's, so a it's bandit. like ignorant people. Yes. And then people who just don't have two brain cells. They're not firing across. Right. So it's okay. And right. then, then you have smart people. Yes. And then you have bandits. bandits which, which would be They know like, what they're doing. Like Fauci. I think he knows okay. what he's doing. Okay. Um, or Pelosi, insider training. She knows what she's doing, and she's going to do what she wants to do. And she doesn't care if she's stealing from you. Or some of our elected officials appear not to care that they're mm -hmm. taking money from us to enrich themselves. But would you agree that there are stupid people, A, stupid people out there, and do you think we've sent some to Montgomery? I know we've sent some to Montgomery. <laughs> um, and, and I don't mean that and, in a horrible and, and, and way. I'm but not just even mad at some of them. Some, the of, them are, some of them are very, very nice, but there were there were some people that I w I'm not sure they could read. Now, I, I'm not saying that to be derogatory. They, You could not talk to them about any legislation because they had no idea what you were talking about. And they were very likable, and I know how they got elected, but they don't know anything about anything, and you, you can't teach it to them. Right. So I think that, and I don't think that's a tremendous number, but it's probably 5%. But is that the, the definition of stupid here? Stupid would be people that just maybe go along with what 
what everybody else is doing, even though it hurts them, maybe? So I would say his definition was, and that's a great question, is that it's you can't predict what they'll do. They make poor choices. I think my definition that I've grown up with as far as stupid goes is it's kind of like sin is insane. They keep repeating the same mm-hmm. things over okay. and over again and mm-hmm. expecting a different result. Mm-hmm. Um, but the stupid person doesn't just cause losses to themselves. They cause loss to other people and they don't care. Because um, they don't even realize they did it. They don't even realize they did it. He lists them as being very dangerous because they're very unpredictable. Mm-hmm. And then, though, and then you move into, um, and, and then he says they make things worse for everybody else. So basically, they're just kind of this cauldron of, I don't even know what the word would be, terrible, bad, poor choices. Right. They're not evil. Chaos. They're not evil. They they're not necessarily know. evil. Right. They don't know. Right. Um, they're insulated from the effects that they cause to themselves and to other people. Right. And so that's what he yeah. was defining as stupid behavior. Yeah, I, I would I'd still say... or less of the legislature isn't there. I would say more are bandits and helpless. Like when I see there's, I could go down the list, um, especially in the house and you know, the helpless ones, the ones that are just going to, well, whatever the caucus votes on, I don't really know what it is, but I'm just going to go with what everybody else is doing. Mm -hmm. I mean, you have, I Mm -hmm. would say that's the majority. I would say that's the majority. Yes. Helpless, maybe helpless slash fearful, cowardly, that kind of thing. I'm just going to go along, get yeah. along. It's easy. Hey, yeah. by everybody the way. else is doing it. I right. won't stand out. Yes. I won't be a leader. Um, I'll just kind of, but the, the scary thing is, it's the bandits that are the leaders. Yes. And then the, the bandits, the bandits know who all those people are. Right. Now that's the other thing right. is that the bandits are evenly, evenly, they're on the smart side of mm-hmm. the, of the thing. Yeah. And they are masters at human nature. They're crazy like a fox. They and they know exactly. It's is that, it's, it's an amazing is that a song? gift. Crazy it could like be. a fox. Crazy like a fox. Crazy. But they know exactly what to say to these people. The people in the other two categories, they know exactly yeah. what to say, and they can just go in there and push their button and yeah, that person. Can. And it is it's amazing to see. They're your narcissists. Your I put lobbyists in that category. Yeah. The yes. lobbyists that would be, yes. for example, with things that we can see with our own eyes, right. Right. like AEA, mm-hmm. like marijuana, like gambling interest that we can see. And they know how they're, they're working. They're stealing them. from us and they do know how they're working because they were bold enough to say, and now we're in charge. And since some of the lobbyists are actually just doing a job, I don't know how they do it. They're like mercenaries. Right. Yeah. But they would be in my office. I'm like, there is no way you believe this. Come on, Senator. Look, I know you're right, but it's my job. Yeah. So, so okay. I couldn't. I couldn't do that. I couldn't. Yeah, I couldn't no. be the mercenary right. for the bad things. No. But uh, so, how many of them are in the fourth category, which is, in, what'd you intelligent. say, intelligent? I would say but they're that not, they're smart, but they're not criminals. They know what's going on, right. so they're trying to do the right thing. Right. I'm thinking. I'm thinking ten, five to ten percent. There's mm-hmm. more of them than there are the stupid people, in my opinion. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But I'm betting ten. 15%. Okay. Would you go but with that? I would think so. Yeah. I, yeah, I think that would be good. I think I would go with that. But what's sad is the bandits still run the show. They do. Like you've got some really smart people that are yeah. trying to do the right thing to, to actually be there mm-hmm. for the right reasons, for the people. Mm-hmm. 
And they can't even be like the one that got kicked out of the club because right. he voted no for the right. gas tax, you know? Right. And mm -hmm. it's just, it's so sad. Because the, the bandits get three of the squares. Right. Pretty, yeah. Yeah. They can control they really do. The that's, that's exactly right. right, which makes them so unbelievably dangerous. And that's what Bonhoeffer said. I was just looking at that, that he said, you know, they're capable of any evil um, because their moral defect is um, that they're dangerous. And uh, they're more dangerous than necessarily malicious, but they're dangerous. Right. And I think that that's what is terrifying. So when we finally find our Ron DeSantis or we finally find the senators and legislators who are willing mm -hmm. to vote and be shunned, then we come along like a flood and say, oh, no, we've got your back. Right. That's exactly it. Like we, the people, us, our groups, this podcast, whatever, mm -hmm. We have to provide cover. We must. Like, and, and I was talking to a legislator the other day. I was like, blame it on me. Blame it on your people. Like, I cannot vote for that AEA because my people want this. They right. will not let me. Like, I don't care. Blame right. it on us. Right. And that's what where we have to step up. And it really, I wrote down some ideas of like, it can seem so overwhelming. I mean, honestly, I left Montgomery the other day. And I was like why are we even trying? Like, I don't even know why. Mm -hmm. And the band, that's what the bandits want. That's, that's right. what the bandits want. Actually, you know, also if we add our percentages up, we got to probably raise all those numbers because <laughs> we, we do. don't, we don't make it to a hundred percent yet. Well, <laughs> we get it. There's like five, 10 chunk. It's probably 5, 10, 10, 10, 40, 40. So you, you told me about a guy last week. Uh oh, the Cincinnati. Oh yes. Yes. Um, because I think if we're talking about this, I think <laughs> like, wait, what? Story oh, oh, don't, bring, don't, don't bring that one up. So <laughs> I think that as we are finishing up, that story captivated me enough that mm -hmm. I like had to print out the Wikipedia on the guy because it's so unbelievable. Mm -hmm. But in order to provide cover for the people that were like, yeah, like I was just trying to tell that to one of my daughters, like we're your cover. We are telling you, this is what you need to say. They'll mm -hmm. understand it but you need to put the onus on this person in particular. She's like, Oh, like you're not, I said, you're not shouldering all this by yourself when right. they know they're not shouldering it by themselves. They're going to be much more ready to like grab the mic and go, okay, here's what I really think. KIV. Um, right. But you described a person mm -hmm. that would be absolutely unbelievable if they were to show up today. And mm -hmm. I thought it would be awesome if you told people about did, this did character I have the, did from I have history, the, did you I have the story? Right? Where was I? You had it right. Was I late? We're in the parking lot. You had already. You were out putting on top. Down <laughs> you were. You were um, still in time. We were in the parking lot. It was no. Oh. It was no big deal. Oh, okay. Yeah. I and was just it. late. Well, somehow we were talking about this, and, and I guess we'll end the show. But um, I was pointing out that one of the heroes of George Washington, and you know George Washington was basically offered the ability to be king of of the new country or whatever that his military leaders were like, Hey, we'll make you King. And they could have, and there's no problem. And the people loved him. And, and there were even people who wanted someone to be King. And the story I was told that was one of George Washington's heroes was a guy named Cincinnati, which is why Cincinnati, Ohio is, okay. is named after him. And the story goes that Cincinnati was a member of the, the Roman Senate and oh, I remember what we were talking about because I had the theory that said if we were still an agrarian society, if we all still had a farm to go right. to, we wouldn't be depending on this corporation or that corporation. Or I hope he's not mad at me because I might lose my job. Which is why you should be a prepper. Yes, and I'm really interested. <laughs> yeah, to be honest, I'm Seriously. interested in the shaky butter thing. So and the uh, whatever the Fang Fang radio. Now that would be Bofang. 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 <laughs> but um. So, so the the idea was, if people didn't have stuff they could hold over legislators, mm. 
then maybe legislators would be more likely to do the right thing. And the Cincinnati story is he was a member of the Roman Senate. He re- he really wanted to go back to his farm, his estate or whatever. Rome is in disarray. There are armies from other places. I don't remember if it was the Gauls or who are, are marching on the city. Rome is going to fall. The Roman they send the Roman Senate sends a couple of other senators to talk to Cincinnati. He's so proper about it. They find him in the field. And he says, look, we can't talk about Senate stuff until we put our togas on. So he goes back and gets them. And so now we can talk about Senate stuff. And they say, look, we're we're in grave danger. We will make you emperor. And you have total power. But you got to save, you got to save Rome. He says, I'll do it. He goes back to Rome. They do some sort of draft. He builds the army at emergency rate goes out, fights the battles, destroys the enemy, saves Rome. He is emperor. And it's like the 15-day mark. He says, I'm done. I'm going back to the farm. Says I'm not emperor anymore. Now, how many people wow. could do that? And he was one of the heroes of George Washington, which kind of explains why Washington said, I'm going back to Mount Vernon. Yeah. I, lo- I do love that story. I mean, it's just an amazing story. Mm-hmm. There's not many. No. It's it's sad. Which is why history is so important. Right? Very good. Point. That we learn from these people to say, wait a minute, we don't have to do it this way. Right. And I think we're so married to a certain way of doing things that what if somebody said, I'm out. Right. I did exactly what I said I was gonna do, kind of like you did. Mm-hmm. I did what I'm gonna do and I'm out. So I wrote and that's down another reason some, why some of these business communities, business groups are like, we don't need to teach education. We just need to make people into workers. That's right. Because you don't need to know about heroes. You right. don't need you to, don't know need about, need to learn think. how to think. Right. Just work. Um, so I wrote down um, some practical because it, it, I want us to be careful. There's so much doom and gloom. Right. But let's let's be action oriented as okay. well. Yes. Like how, so what are we doing? So so it's funny. You're talking about, okay, I saved Rome. I'm going back to the farm. Um, term limits might help. I mean, this is very Amen. practical. Mm-hmm. Term limits. If, and I used to be against them. Um, and then I was for them. And, <laughs> for them. But I mean, you look at like, I mean, Jabbo Wagner, who is actually my senator. He's been there for, I don't know how long. A very long time. Since the 70s. Um and, you know, I feel like the longer you're there, the deeper you get. And I'm not talking about Jabbo in particular, but just the the more opportunity for corruption to be just be deeper and deeper. Um, and for these lobbyists to kind of have their grip. Mm-hmm. If you're in, it puts term limits, would put everybody kind of more on a same playing field. Um, we have got to. And then we talked about this yesterday. Separation of powers. I mean, let the governor's office has got to stay out of the legislature. I mean, Kay Ivey, she runs that place. And I know we've talked about it before. Which is just ama- it it amazes is so, me. They don't do anything unless Kay says jump, and then they jump. I mean, it's just, it's it's gross. And and that is, that's a dictatorship. That is, that is not what we signed up for. I really wish I knew how that happened. I mean, I, I really do. You're talking about a study of human nature and the, the weirdness of the legislature. How did that happen? I mean, we've had other governors right. that were more hands-on, you know, know, robust. Just how that happened would be amazing to find out. Exactly. That's okay. one of the mysteries I don't understand. I bet you could find out. Report back. Okay. Um, we talked about getting rid of lobbyists, campaign mm-hmm. limits. 
Um, but then you've got to find ways. We've got to find ways to support our people. Right. We do. And you know what? You wonder if when a new legislative class comes in, if you could, and I'm just, you know, and maybe we do this. Maybe we have a summit for the incoming class and we start with these words, which every sports fan will know, gentlemen, gentle women, this is a football and remind them of why they're there. Right. Okay. And, I had to think about that one. Um, okay. You know, I mean, do something like that and get back to basics and call them back to basics and give a bit, a brief history lesson and give them heroes like Cincinnatus to look up to. Um, and then remind them that we've got their back. Like we're here for you. Right. Um, but do not abandon us. Yeah. Um, right. Don't cry out to us when you're in the foxhole, you cry out to us and we're here for you, but don't ditch us because if you ditch us, we're ditching you. Right. Well, that's, I wrote down a pledge. Like, I don't know if pledges mean anything, but like, okay. So when, and it, it doesn't have to be difficult. I'm no. Like, when when you're about to take a vote, okay, check box. Does this grow government? Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. Maybe I should support it. Is this supporting pro-life ideologies? Yeah. Okay. You know, like literally a checkbox of conservatism of where really Alabamians are asking for their legislators to lead. That's right. Like maybe right. that's what they need on right. their little desks. Okay. Check. Um, and then we, and it's what we've talked about. Like we have got to get engaged and I don't mean just us cause we are, but the people. And because I mean, honestly, did you get tired of hearing from the same few people? Like I annoy oh, it's always, myself. It's, it's always the same people. Yeah. It's always I, the same I people. I annoy myself with these. We need a bus. We need a oh, bus to take down there. The Airstream. We do. <laughs> Better get to we work. Yeah, have, seriously. We need, gotta, we need to wrap up this show oh, so gosh. you can get home and work on but the But you're trailer. right. You're you're right. We've got to engage and invite people into the process. Take them down there. We do need to go and Allison and Amy Beth and then Scott leads us through the house mm -hmm. um, and shows people yeah. like we're going to do that. There's going to be this a special is, session. I yeah, think, this August. is what we do, and this is how we're going to do it, and this is how you get to your leaders' rooms. Mm -hmm. um, this is how you make an appointment. Like. Basically, this is the roadmap. Right. You so could that, take us to your old office. Yes. Could. It'd be fun. You could. Could mm -hmm. we do that? Yeah. We okay. Could. Cool. With t-shirts? We could, we could do that. Yes. T-shirts. We could. By August, we'll have t-shirts. As long as there's cookies. Absolutely. As long as there's cookies. And I'll supply the cookies. Sweet tart ropes. Okay. Yes, you do that. That's our magic. Is that it? Any last words? I don't know. I'm going home and take a nap. This is no, exhausting. No, I man, you know, the, the point of the matter is um, there have been times when the legislature has been responsive to the people but it's when the people were paying attention. Mm. Like we said, they were afraid of the Tea Party S group. They were, they were afraid of Alabamians uh, when we were trying to pass uh, anti-illegal immigration. But when they think they're operating yeah. with no one looking, bad things happen. No doubt about it. Wow. Hey, this fault. has been Alabama Unfiltered. We are not depressed. We're actually fired <laughs> up that, uh, <laughs> that there is something we can do. It's, it's not a hopeless thing. Right. So we appreciate you watching this edition. Thank you, ladies, for, for being on. And as usual, as always the case, and make sure you go out and give us a thumbs up or five stars, a review. Tell other people about the podcast. Use social media to tell them about the podcast. But we do appreciate your support, and we'll see you next time.